Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the second ever edition of the Sports Podcast here at Talk 94.5 Radio. My name is Max Lowson. Some of you may know me as Max the Intern if you're a listener of the Liz Calloway Show. And for today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Kevin Durant requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this happened several weeks ago where he essentially went to Bobby Marks, the front office, and said, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I would like to be traded. The NBA, more than any other league, values its superstars in a sense that these stars can really dictate where they play, when they want to play there. Player empowerment in general uh, is, is really a huge thing, and the players in the NBA have, have an elevated level of leverage over all of the organizations where no matter how many years are left in their contract, if you have a star who is such a big part of any organization's identity and they say they want to be traded and they're not happy being there, there's really not much a front office can do. Uh, at that point, they kind of have no choice but to trade them unless they can, you know, they can take incentives. They can try to talk to the players, sit down one-on-one and say, hey, what can we do to make you happy? What's wrong? Uh, what should we do to our roster to make those changes? Which in itself is much different than many other leagues because, you know, the league is trying to cater to the players because the superstars are so good. And in basketball, a single player can have so much larger of an impact than in really any other sport because a star quarterback, a star running back, a star pitcher, these guys are all dependent on so many other things happening in order for the team to win while a superstar on one team elevates that team's level of wins, odds of winning a championship by so much. So this really creates a bigger issue where superstars are essentially becoming untradeable as guys' value in the league continues to get higher and higher and higher in what in what kind of hauls and packages that they can get back for these players, there's really kind of a conflict and a limbo situation where a team trading a Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets is asking for so much that it's really hard to find a team that's going to be willing to give up a haul, a whole slew of young players and draft picks, which is essentially the, you know, the next five to 10 years of their future for a 34-year-old superstar who missed the full season with a torn Achilles, it's really hard to make that commitment. But you're also not going to give up Kevin Durant for any less. You're going to have to get, you know, the world and more for him. And then if he does get traded for, say, you know, a team's able to make a deal where they're sacrificing a big part of their future for him and the Nets are satisfied with a return, uh, it's going to be hard for that team to win because you're going to be depleting your roster so much that isn't even an attractive destination anymore for that player. So for all these reasons, it really is a hard thing to trade Kevin Durant, but we've seen plenty of teams be rumored to have a lot of interest. Uh, Phoenix and Miami were the two teams that Kevin Durant preferred when he originally requested the trade. So I'm going to start with the Phoenix Suns and briefly go through some of the possible teams that have been brought up, possibly rumored to have a package and might have some interest in making a move for Kevin Durant starting with the Phoenix Suns now. The Suns is a tough situation because originally I think they were probably the front runner to land him in a potential deal. But recently, DeAndre Ayton, their young star center, uh, drafted in 2018, going into his fifth season, he's due up for a rookie extension, which Phoenix did not want to give him. They did not want to give him a max contract because they didn't believe he was a max contract player. The Indiana Pacers, however, offered him a deal, which then... Uh, since it was a team option, the Phoenix Suns matched that contract to essentially retain Aiton. But with this new deal, he cannot be traded for six months. Now, if I'm Phoenix, they're not going to want to give up Devin Booker. They're not going to want to give up Chris Paul. Because the point is, if you're trading for Kevin Durant, to pair him with those two 
and make a run at a championship, you ca- you have to trade guys like DeAndre Ayton, who now they can't trade, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, draft picks, Landry Shamit potentially, Cameron Payne. Um, in terms of young talent, Phoenix is not that high up on the list, and because DeAndre Ayton can't be traded to any team, period, uh, I don't think Phoenix is, is a realistic destination, at least for the next six months. So I think they're pretty much out of the sweepstakes right now. The next team is Miami, and Miami is interesting because Bam Adebayo was a guy who can't be traded to them. Another guy similar to Ayton who recently got his extension, his rookie extension, but you cannot have two players on the same team with rookie extensions, and the Brooklyn Nets have Ben Simmons, who is still on his rookie extension. So because of that, Bam cannot be in the deal, and if Bam's not in the deal, you're looking at Tyler Hero as Miami's best young asset, potentially Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, one of the, you know Caleb Martin can be involved in a deal. And then they have some young talent as Gabe Vincent, Nikola Jovic, who was taken in last year's draft, Omer Yurt Seven, who's a solid young center. They have pieces, but without Bam... Because I think the package for Brooklyn in this case would have to be centered around Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. And if you're not going to get those two guys, I don't think this is a realistic trade possibility, at least for the foreseeable future. The next team is Chicago. Chicago is probably the least likely out of all these teams. You look at their team now, it's a very win-now kind of team. Um, You know, you have a young point guard in Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, a veteran center, Alex Caruso, Kobe White. Andre Drummond, uh, and of course, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan at the top. Um, the only real possibility for the Nets in this situation were to be to retain DeRozan. At his age, as good of a season as he had last year, arguably a top five MVP level season, he was incredible last year. Uh, really nice resurgence to see from him after his time in Toronto. I don't think the Bulls are plausible just because of their lack of draft capital, as well as I don't think the Nets are interested in a package around DeRozan because he's a veteran player and they're going to look for young players and draft picks to rebuild rebuild their future if you're going to give up KD. You're essentially downgrading him for DeMar, which isn't something they want to do. The Washington Wizards is another team. Uh, Kevin Durant is from Washington, D.C., but another really tough play here. I mean, Porzingis is tradable. You can give up Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, who's a really good young forward, a great defensive player. Kyle Kuzma, potentially, Will Barton, draft picks. There, there are assets you can give for him, but a lot of these guys are making money, and a lot of these guys are making a lot of money, and it's difficult to give all of your team up for Kevin Durant. So I don't really see a good enough young asset for Brooklyn to really consider this deal. The Lakers is a really interesting situation where you have LeBron James, who has one year left on his contract, a straight-up Kevin Durant for LeBron James swap is a successful trade. It could go through. The question is, does Brooklyn have enough faith that LeBron, who's going to be 38 years old in December on an expiring contract, is going to want to stay in Brooklyn, given that he wants to play with Kyrie, and that's been kind of well-known. Uh, so that would make sense for a win now. It's probably one of their, the best trade possible for them. But I don't think this is smart long-term because – Unless you're getting multiple draft picks and a Talon Horton Tucker, um, I don't think this is realistic, and I think LeBron doesn't want to finish his career in Brooklyn. Now we start getting to some real interesting teams. The Toronto Raptors are a team that I think is a real sleeper in the KD sweepstakes. We saw Masai Ujiri a couple years ago trade DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard for a one-year rental of Kawhi Leonard. So there is no question that he has the courage to do a deal like that, sacrifice a lot of their team to get KD and take that risk. 
it, it just depends who you want to build around with him on, on this roster right now. I mean, a guy like Gary Trent Jr., really good young wing. He can be involved in a, in a deal. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, who a guy I think is going to be untradeable. Scotty Barnes is going into his second year. One rookie of the year last season, 6'10", super good on defense, super athletic. Kind of gives you, reminds you of a young Giannis a little bit. Uh, so if Brooklyn were to make a deal with Toronto, I think they would demand that we're, that they get Scotty Barnes. If they don't get a, get Scotty Barnes in this deal, who is an immensely valuable player, you're looking at Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent, OG Ananobi, and a couple picks, which is a very good package. Uh, Gary Trent's also young. OG, OG Ananobi is still a young player. You're getting four really good quality players, including two all-stars in that deal. And that could be something that you know, uh, the Nets look at and really consider. But for Toronto, are you going to want to give up your whole team or, you know, the top four best players on your team for KD? I don't think so. I think they would want to keep Fred Van Vliet and Siakam to add Kevin Durant and then make a run from there. So I think for those reasons, Toronto isn't going to happen. The same goes for Memphis, in my opinion. John Morant um, is incredible, and he's not going to be traded for sure. I don't think that would make any sense for Memphis, but Memphis has done a great job in the draft. Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, all guys drafted in the last couple seasons and have made shown some real signs of brilliance that they could be guys in this league that are, you know, to be reckoned with. And Memphis can offer an incredible package. You look at, you know, Dylan Brooks, again, Desmond Bain, who's probably the most valuable asset on the team outside of John Morant. Uh, Xavier Tillman. The problem with them is it's going to be tough to match the money because Kevin Durant's making $44 million a year, and Memphis is an extremely low salary team right now. Their highest contract is Jaron Jackson at $28 million. If you include him in a deal and say Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, and Zaire Williams and throw in some draft picks, that is a possible trade. Uh, I think Memphis is probably the third or fourth most likely team to trade for him because you can make that kind of deal. Again, I don't know if Jaron Jack Jackson is the guy the Nets are going to look at and say, yes, he's the type of guy who we want if we're giving up Kevin Durant. So I don't think it's going to happen, but they're probably in the mix and they could possibly make some noise. And now the final three teams, which I think if Kevin Durant is going to get traded, it will be to one of these teams. And these three teams are the New Orleans Pelicans, Golden State Warriors, and Boston Celtics. Now, before I get into the nuances of any potential deals, I think it is Brooklyn's best interest to do whatever they can to keep Kevin Durant. I know I've talked about all these potential suitors, but at the end of the day, again, it is so hard to get equal value for Kevin Durant that, especially in a four-year contract, that right now with the roster that you have, after all the turmoil that Brooklyn has been through with the whole James Harden saga, with this current roster of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who finally can enter a season without having to worry about a mandate that he has to be vaccinated for, he's going to the season healthy, expecting to play the full season. Same goes with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons as well, who hasn't played in a year and a half. And just those three guys, when you look at KD and Kyrie, two of the most skilled players ever, two of the greatest players ever, and Ben Simmons, who is offensively challenged in a lot of ways, but he's a great defender. He's very versatile on defense and on offense. He's a great playmaker. He's kind of that perfect glue gel guy for Brooklyn to pair with those two stars. 
as kind of a big three. You don't need, per se, a James Harden who can give you all these points and assists, but he's a ball-dominant guy, and Ben Simmons is going to make plays for KD, he's going to make plays for Kyrie Irving, and the rest of their supporting cast, Seth Curry, TJ Warren. You have a, a group of guys there that can win, and as crazy you know, as the Nets have been, kind of like the Lakers of the East with really – all this drama going on and, and all this nonsense and outside noise and rumors and narratives. There's so much going on that is toxic that prevents a team from developing a winning culture, but they have a great big three. They have a good supporting cast. And if you have KD and Kyrie on a team with the Ben Simmons and with a group of other guys that can be serviceable and play their roles, they can win. So if I'm Brooklyn, I'm really going to do everything I can to keep KD on the team knowing that Kyrie is most likely going to be there and Ben Simmons is there. I don't I don't see why Brooklyn would rush to trade KD, and clearly they're not. They're going to do everything in their power. It's really the last thing they want to do, and it is the last resort. But if it does come down to the last resort, if the situation escalates, if KD says, I'm not going to play here no matter what, so trade me, uh, you know, if he just expresses to you that, listen, if we keep this guy, even if we get him to play, he doesn't want to be here, his heart's not in it, and... We don't want to have a guy of his caliber playing that way. So they might be forced to trade him. And if you're going to trade him, I'm looking at New Orleans, I'm looking at Gold State, and I'm looking at Boston because I want to get a guy back. I mean, I want a really good package, but I at least want one guy who is a young star or superstar in the league that is good enough for me to say, okay, at least I'm getting 75 cents on the dollar as opposed to 50 cents or 30 cents on the dollar. Like it would be with Washington, it would be with some of these other teams that I mentioned already, even you know Toronto to a degree, given that Scotty Barnes might be untouchable, Chicago Bulls. Instead of getting those deals, I think they should focus on these three teams if these three teams are interested. Golden State I want to talk about first because recently they have essentially said that they are not interested in trading for Kevin Durant. Bob Myers has gone out on a limb and said, listen, we like what we have. We have a great win-now team, but we also have an amazing core for the future. And I think out of all the teams, Golden State's potential haul to Brooklyn in a deal would be the best deal. Even though they wouldn't be getting the best singular player, you would give, you'd be giving up Andrew Wiggins, largely because of the money, and you would need him to be included in the deal. But, hey, Wiggins is an all-star starter last season. He was the second-best player in the finals. If it wasn't for Curry being otherworldly would have been in the conversation for finals MVP. So, you know, a really, really strong player. And the young players that they can give up in Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., they have so many guys on this roster. And really those four, I mean, Jordan Poole is a rising star. He's going to be an all-star in the next season or two. Um, really, really good shooter and playmaker. Jonathan Kaminga, who has shown signs of brilliance, James Wisen, the number two overall pick in 2020, and I think as a seven-foot, super athletic, agile guy who can get up and down the court quick. I mean, he's been hindered by injuries, but he's still 21 years old, and he hasn't even had a chance to stay healthy. And he has incredible potential, and I think will one day be one of the top players in the league, but that's a conversation for another day. But James Wiseman with Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, those four guys along with an Andrew Wiggins, along with some draft picks, if draft picks would even be needed, would be an insane haul for Kevin Durant. And I think if if he's not changing where he wants to be, if he doesn't have a change of heart, this is the one you pull the trigger on out of all the deals. 
but I don't think they're interested. You know, if I'm Golden State, as good as he is, they might be the one team where I would say you shouldn't make that deal because you're giving up so much of your future. Um, where, yes, I'm sure you'd win now, just like it was in, in 17 and 18. They'd be winning championships, but they could win a championship anyways without him. They just did it. And Clay Thompson was coming off of two years of being sidelined. Uh, all those young guys I talked about are going to get a year older and a year better. So I don't see it making much sense for Golden State. Now, the New Orleans Pelicans is, I think, a team in terms of New Orleans that would be immensely interested. The problem is, does KD actually want to be there to the point where he's not going to ask out from you after two seasons or whatever it may be? Um, but in terms of their young talent pool, you look at a guy like Herbert Jones, who is not a very highly talented rookie, but he he's awesome. I mean, this guy's a great two-way player. He's a slasher. He's lengthy. He can do a lot of things. He's a winning player. And, of course, Brandon Ingram would be who the package is centered around. You add him with a Herb Jones, potentially Jackson Hayes, a strong young center. Devontae Graham could be involved in the contract. Kyra Lewis Jr. and a plethora of picks. And I think if you do this deal, if you're New Orleans, well, what do you have left? You have C.J. McCollum, Kevin Durant, Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson, potentially Devontae Graham if you can hold on to him because he is a bigger contract and that might make things complicated. But just those top four with C.J., Zion, KD, and Valanciunas, that's scary. I mean, they can make some moves around the edges to kind of shore up some of the depth they might lose. But, I mean, that's that's a team that's going to compete if they can just get some serviceable guys around them. So if I'm New Orleans, I have a lot of interest because I know that Brandon Ingram is still 25 years of age and he has so much value. I'm making that deal. Now, if I'm Brooklyn, that's tough because, yes, it might be one of the best deals you can get. It's not Golden State's deal, but it is a very good deal. Uh, and they don't care where they send Kevin Durant. At the end of the day, they don't care if he's happy in their destination. They have his rights, and if they're going to trade him to Sacramento, to Dallas, to Houston, it, it doesn't matter. They can trade him where they prefer, regardless of where KD wants to be. And finally, the team that I think is going to end up getting Kevin Durant and is the team that should be most incentivized to go get him in terms of putting him, putting them as a team over the top. Uh, recently, Sham Sharania, who is an NBA insider, reported that the Boston Celtics offered the Brooklyn Nets a trade package centered around Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick, which is not nearly enough. But it's interesting because, number one, Boston just made the finals, and they're a homegrown team. All their guys are drafted, pretty much, and they've developed these guys. So to see them go make a, a drastic move, like trading for Kevin Durant, might sound a little bit, well, why would you break up? Why would you fix what isn't broken? You've been ascending each year in the playoffs. Why do this deal? But the goal in the NBA is to win championships. And if you replace Kevin Durant with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, you have to give up per se, Robert Williams and some picks, you do that deal if you're Boston. Now, what would a potential package look like? I think Jalen Brown is really interesting because similar to Brandon Ingram in the sense, similar age, same draft. Both of them have incredible talent and are kind of upcoming stars and I think are similar level players in terms of where you would rank them amongst the league. The difference is with Boston, you can get a guy like Marcus Smart, potentially Derek White, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, who I think Brooklyn is going to demand to be in this deal because he's probably the next best asset out on the team outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So let's say you have a Jalen Brown, Rob Williams, Marcus Smart, and some draft picks and potentially pick swaps which Boston could offer. I think that's a really attractive package. 
um, that you know, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm, I'm at the point where if this is offered, if I can counter offer, if I can get a little bit more out of them, maybe I make this deal. Again, if KD is adamant and won't stay. Uh, but if I'm Boston, I've seen a lot of people saying, why would you make this deal? This is dumb. Um, you know, you, you've drafted all these guys. You've developed them. Keep what you have. Don't give it up. But the East isn't getting any worse. And who knows if Boston makes the finals if Chris Middleton is healthy last season in the semifinals. I don't know that this team is that good to the point where they don't need a guy like KD or they could wouldn't want to trade for him. Uh, there's a lot of long stretches on Boston where their offense really struggles. There are some difficulties between Jalen Brown and Tatum. It kind of is like a your turn, my turn dynamic. Is that something they want? If if you pair Jason Tatum with Kevin Durant, it's just hard to pass on that deal. That you know you can't argue that the couple of picks they'd give up and the couple of role players would really make you not pull the trigger on that deal if you have a chance to get KD, which just doesn't happen. I mean, a, a guy this good on this many years left on his deal just doesn't come on the market. Um, so if I'm Boston, if Brooklyn counteroffers and said, no, we want Jason Tatum, we don't want Jalen Brown, I would still consider it because, yes, Tatum is 10 years younger, and he also has a lot of years left on his deal, the same amount as KD at four years. Will he ever be as good as Kevin Durant? I mean, that's 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 hard to ask. I mean, Kevin Durant, again, possibly the best scorer, probably the second or third best scorer ever, depending on who you ask. Uh, the guy of his caliber still in his prime, still with three to four really good years left. I think you would give up Tatum and some picks and maybe even a Marcus Smart. I mean, yes, I think pairing Kevin Durant with either one of Brown and Tatum and whatever they would have left on that team, which would still be some solid role players, makes you a better team without question because he is that good. And especially if he's invested, that that's a deal that if I'm Boston, I'm not going to pass up. At the end of the day, here's what I think is going to happen. KD is not going to be traded for the next couple weeks, probably the next couple months. Once we get into training camp, uh, preseason, beginning of the season, I, I think by by preseason time, I do think there will be re-elevated talks going on amongst Kevin Durant. I don't see anything happening too soon because Brooklyn is going to be very patient with what they're going to to do with him because he's so valuable and they don't want to just give him up and make a mistake. Um, they're going to be fighting tooth and nail to get every last thing they can get for him because, you know, as they should, uh, in the case that they can't keep him. I don't think Katie's going to have a, any change of heart. I think he's fed up with Kyrie's situation and him having to be sidelined. He's fed up that Ben Simmons doesn't want to play and would rather dress up in street clothes and show up. And, you know, all the other issues that they have going on. Is Steve Nash the coach that KD wants? I don't know. It's just very unclear, and it seems like he isn't happy there. So I don't see that changing. But I do see him being traded shortly before the season starts. Uh, I think, again, as training camp approaches and teams start saying, you know, having some more urgency to saying, okay, let's let's go make a move for this guy. I think eventually he will go to Boston in big part because – Jalen Brown has already heard the rumors, and this is the second time that he's been brought up in trade rumors. So he only has two years left on his deal. I don't think he's staying long-term. So it actually might make more sense for them to trade for KD for having some security, having him on four years, uh, and having Tatum on four years. I think Boston, at the end of the day, isn't going to be able to resist if that requires in them throwing a Marcus Smart or throwing in a Grant Williams or even a Robert Williams who – is a really good young center and he's going to be one of the best defensive players in basketball. 
Um, yes, you're giving up a big part of your defensive identity, but you brought in Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana. You still have Al Horford on the roster. You're going to have one of the Williamses. You're going to have Peyton Pritchard. You still have a really solid cast around potentially KD and Jalen Brown or KD and Jason Tatum, depending on which star ends up going. So I, I, I think that is what's going to happen. But again, it's going to take a lot, and it's such a long process that in the in the grand scheme of things, the NBA is going to have to make some changes in the next CBA because players have too much power over their careers where if they're signing a contract, yes, if they're free agents, they have every right to go to whatever team they want. But when you sign that deal, it, it's not a one-way street. You can't have it where a, a team is making a commitment to this player for four years and all of this money, and then the player turns around a few months later and says, oh, I don't feel like being here anymore. Trade me to Phoenix. That That isn't fair. So th- there has to be a balance. There has to be maybe a better, better communication amongst the player in the organization that they're going to be here long term and maybe even have some contingencies within the contract saying that they can't demand a trade or um, you know, they can't be traded for a certain amount of period of time, which would then – a player wouldn't be signing that if they have that contingency. If you're Kevin Durant, you would make sure that you really want to be there. So there are a lot of things that the league can do to fix this situation and, and kind of stop these things from happening. Um, but it's a really interesting situation, and it's it's prime time for, for all the fantasy NBA people to get out their trade machines and see what works and see what's possible. Um, again, I think the only teams that Brooklyn would really have any interest in is potentially Memphis potentially New Orleans, Golden State, and Boston, and maybe the Lakers, but I really doubt that uh, given that LeBron's only has one year left. But I think without question, any of these teams should accept the trade to get Kevin Durant as long as you're not the Warriors giving up all four of your young studs. Um, Again, I think Boston makes the most sense in terms of a good enough package for Brooklyn to be satisfied with, but also not depleting your roster so much that you're no longer a contender. I think Boston kind of mends those two worlds perfectly and is going to be the team that he goes to. But of course, only time will tell, and we'll have to see how the situation unfolds from here. Again, my name is Max Lowson. Thank you so much for listening to the second ever edition of the Sports Podcast here at Talk 94.5 Radio. I hope you all enjoyed, and have a great rest of your day.